Hello again and welcome to episode two of From the BON, the new Burnley podcast. And what about that new music we've got to introduce you as well? Definitely the first track on Spotify to feature a Neil Grucock goal. So here we go. Let's get underway straight into it. And, and it's been quite a week for this podcast. Um, soar away chart success straight away as we bounce straight into the top 20 of the Apple charts for UK soccer podcast which was a little bit of a surprise when i saw that and uh yeah a lot of different feedback from different people i mean personally i sort of feel like it's it was a bit of a sort of huddersfield town away for us really wasn't it you sort of we got we got the philosophy we got the ideas we went out there with a game plan pleasantly surprised but still not the finished article but uh, a lot of interesting feedback guys what what kind of uh what kind of response have you heard from the burnley fans out there yeah, I think I think you're right, Simon. I think um, you know, I think everyone's been very balanced. I think you know, some people thought we were a little bit negative, and you know, on certain things. And I, you know, I don't think we'll apologise for that. We want it to be like a conversation you'd have at the Bridge Beer House or the Royal Dice or the Miners. You know, not everyone's going to agree, are we? I mean, you know. Um, I have different views on JJ Watt to some of you. Somebody else might have different views on Alan Pace. You know. It is what it is, but yeah, I think overall the feedback's been great. Like I say, getting to top top twenty above Gabs and Jules and the Anfield rap, uh, those boys took a hell of a beating uh, from this new punk, <laughs> uh, new punk from the BLN. So, uh, but yeah, I think overall it's, it's been good, you know, and that's what we want. We want people to to get involved. We want people to disagree with us. We're not all going to agree. If we all agreed, then Turf Moor would be a very very dull place, wouldn't it? He would, yeah. I mean, and there's no party line. There's no agenda. I mean, so I saw a couple of people saying we've got some sort of agenda uh, about the ownership of the club or something. Not at all. I don't. I don't. I don't feel any of us have an agenda. I don't think we we've ever. You know, we certainly don't need to agree on anything. There's no nothing like that. It's it's an open forum for debate, and uh, good to see that we prompted a little bit of debate out there. Um, I was quite. I have to admit, I was quite surprised when I when I saw that people were sort of suggesting that we were anti Alan Pace in some way. I, I thought we were quite sort of fulsome in our praise for for you know what what's been achieved at the club over over the last twelve months, and quite temperate in our sort of cautious criticism of you know the way the club's finances are structured and the takeover and all that sort of thing. I mean, I th- I just think it's it's a little bit part of this like daft. Um, fashion we've got these days for having these sort of really polarized debates where you've got hundred yeah. percent into something or hundred percent against it, and there's nothing in between. We obviously have a ver- varying views on all all aspects of the club, but it's perfectly possible to praise Pace and the team for what they've achieved over the last twelve months, and at the same time be a little bit critical of, or cautiously critical about about you know other aspects of the club. Um, you know, it's not all one thing or, or, or another. I mean, we did say last last week we've just seen, you know, possibly the best season of football, certainly in my lifetime, that we've we've, we've seen at Turf Moor. And, you know, I... I, I That's pers- not very negative, is it? No, it's not negative. And I, 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 I used to hold a, a small number of shares in the club, which, um, like a lot of, you know, people who had minority uh, stakes in the club. I sold my shares to Alan Pace when he offered to buy them about, 
that's about two years ago now, before this season even started. Um, you know, so to suggest that I'm, you know, negative about him is is crazy. I mean, I, if I thought he was going to drag the club to financial ruin, there's no way I would have done that, would I? No, that's right. No, I think I think we keep an open mind. We, the jury is out, I think, Greaves, he said. Um, and I think that's a good way of looking at it um, in terms of us, us us trying to be, you know, fair and, and open and, and but, but look at things that happen at the club with an open mind and, and, and a questioning one. I mean, you know, those of us who work as journalists, that's kind of our job to question people in power or, or influence and, and, and wonder if they're doing the right thing. Um, and as I said, I think, you know, intentions are, are good all around. And he's but, quite, uh, there is one he's quite welcome case. to come on the podcast Sorry. as well. He's Alan Pace. We'll happily have Alan Pace or anybody from AOK or JJ Watt or anybody on the podcast and, you know, answer questions, you know. Absolutely. That Absolutely. would be good fun. Yeah, Chris would finally get to interview him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we say that you've got to be, you've got to be considered, and at times you've got to be devil's advocate. And uh, I'd say that, that nobody can fault the football, the football side of things. You know, it, 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 you know, the decision. I, I think I, I, I did say it was, you know, maybe got a bit lucky. I mean, it, any managerial appointment, you've got to get you know a semblance of luck with, even with. Uh, you know, some signings. I think Stan Turner used to say that some signings with no risk, you know, and he'd he, he, have been right with a few of them. He'd worked with him for a few clubs and they did the business for him uh, at every club he worked at. But uh, I think, you know, a lot of those signings we didn't know a lot about. And obviously the manager was untested at that level and, uh, you know, in, in, in this country as a, as a manager. But uh, I say you've just got to have that balance. There is still, you know, the, the the accounts looked a lot you know a lot lot better than we thought you know we, we imagined they'd look like but there is still you know some answers required you know on the on the on the financial front and uh, I say I'm certainly no uh, no, no accountant I'm not going to tear strips off him in that regard but uh, you know until I think until we're all satisfied in that respect there will always be there will always be questions. Yeah, and, and questioning is all we can do, really, isn't it? You know, like you say, none of us are accountants, but. Also, it's only part of the story with Burnley FC is the ownership, isn't it? It's 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 a part that that gets people uh, a little bit agitated sometimes. But really, you know, we're not there to cheer on uh, accountants. We're there to to cheer on on the, on the players on the field, obviously, uh, and to question that as well because you know that's that's part of of the debate. So I think I hope I hope people take that this podcast in the spirit that it's intended, which is it, it's an open open debate. Obviously, we do confront things about ourselves as well, and there is has been quite a serious accusation made about, um, well, we could have to call it hashtag gate, really. Uh, <laughs> Nori1958 said, it's funny, for years, Chris Bowden never acknowledged the Twitter Clarets hashtag, but now he can benefit from it. He's all over it. Chris, this is pretty serious. We need we need to confront this. I one. know, I know. Did... It's uh, it, it failed to acknowledge. <laughs> I don't, if anyone who's ever read my tweets over the years will say I try and utilise every character possible. And that hashtag was always, always overbearing, was it? It was just too long. But uh, it's it's one of those. I'm, I'm not not someone who was like you know the you know the tech sort of social media savvy guy. I just uh, I always presumed that whoever was following me wanted to read what I was you know writing about, and if they didn't, then they didn't follow me. So hashtags were just over my head, to be brutally honest. But uh, 
yeah, if they, if they do help us now, then great. <laughs> so no, no disrespect for the hashtag. Oh, certainly, certainly not, certainly not. But uh, maybe we can have something. I mean, it's, it's too long in the tooth now, isn't it? We're talking probably like a decade plus. We've had this hashtag, but uh, yeah, you're not going to change it all of a sudden to uh, you know Twitter BFC or something, are you? No, no. And the, and the the other the other comment that um, I feel needs addressing is one for Woody. Really, this it's uh, the family cat who says decent listener. I thought tried to cover a lot in one episode. I guess there's been a lot to talk about though. Sounds like future episodes may have more of a theme. Well, they will do because we're going to talk about transfers shortly. Uh, disappointing though to hear that Evansy and Woody have lost their accents. No, um, I'll leave people to judge on me. But Woody, that's that's you know you've been you've been in the states for for fifteen sixteen years now. That transatlantic drawl of yours is is quite distinct. Coming on, isn't it? Exactly. It's like we've officially entered that linguistic nether region, isn't it? Of being like too Americanized for like folks back home, but still too incomprehensibly northern Americans. <laughs> but yeah, I've been here for like seventeen years. And obviously, I live in a slightly less cosmopolitan part of the states than you, Simon. Where I'm <laughs> yeah, a bit although older. we have to say yeah. we have to say that we were we were in California, we were in Pasadena, California, at the weekend for a, a festival, and the first pub we walked into, me and Woody, <laughs> the the lady behind the bar goes, "You're from the north," and uh, we said, "Yeah," and she's like, um, "Whereabouts?" And we said, "Well, Burnley area," and she's like, "Oh, do you know Fence?" Sparrow walking fence, and, and her husband, turned out her husband was in Cone. So we travelled, both flown six hours across the United States. Our yeah. first beer was being served by the the wife of a Coner. So, <laughs> there, there you go. So no matter, our accents were not. Yeah, no matter where you go in the world, it's like the the old in betweeners film, isn't it? But uh, not not as far away. But I was walking the uh, the halls of uh, Royal Preston Hospital the other day and got pulled. By a Burnley fan, and uh, he thoroughly enjoyed the season. So it's literally like you're getting stopped all the time by people you don't know who are just reveling in uh, what we've just witnessed. Yeah, did they, did they listen to the podcast though, Chris? Oh, this is before that. <laughs> right. I was going to say you should have set them right on that straight away. <laughs> Right, let's get down to business now then. Yep. So this this past few this past week or two, there's not been any games. Obviously at Turf Moor, but there, there has been bits of news. Not anything massively surprising. Two departures to briefly discuss. Ashley Barnes. We we did our tributes to Ashley Barnes last week, and he did, as expected, sign for Norwich City. And the other departure was Matt Lawton, who I think we could call it a formal exit, given that he wasn't really around uh, much last year on loan at uh, Huddersfield. Um, we had, you know, that sight of Ashley Barnes in a yellow shirt, and we also had uh, Lawton's sort of interview where he was—he seemed quite emotional, actually. He did seem quite serious about it. It wasn't one of those uh, past the books things. What, what, what were people's feelings about those two uh, two items, really? Just in your feeling of seeing Ashley Barnes in a yellow shirt? It was strange, wasn't it? It was <laughs> a, a weird, a weird thing for him to go one one weekend. Um, you know, holding the trophy on on Turf Moor with us celebrating, and then on the bus, and then the next thing you see him in the shirt of a rival. I, you've got to wish him all the best, haven't you? I mean, I, I did. I didn't think it was a bit strange that he's gone so far away. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, he couldn't have got much further away from Burnley, could he? I don't know whether that means anything or not, but uh, I hope they're giving him a decent contract. I hope he's going to be there for at least a couple of years, and 
I would like to see him uh, scoring some more goals at Ewood Park next season. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a bad drive, isn't it? It's one of the worst drives you can do as a Burnley fan going down to Norwich. Yeah, any any other thoughts on on seeing that? Yeah, I think. I'm, yeah, it's, a map. Go on, go on. Say that I've done a I've done a bit of bit of a, a video interview just with the paper down there to give them a perspective of uh, of Ashley Barnes and. Uh, Actually, I couldn't, couldn't speak highly enough, as, as we were saying last week. But uh, he's so they're losing a bit of a bit of experience. You know, I think Pookie's going, and uh, he's got this two-year contract, and he's going to be probably a similar situation to this year. He's going to be the, the senior character around, uh, you know, a, a younger a younger side. And uh, so I think the front page of the paper down there had him, you know, with his with his arm outstretched, and he was sort of like, you know, hopefully pointing the way back to the Premier League and. Uh, yeah, I'd like to see him uh, mount another, another, another promotion push. But uh, I'd say Matt, Matt Lawton, he, I mean, he probably had one of the most unending jobs in you know, about. You know, how on earth do you replace Kieran Trippier? You know, it's, it's something that Spurs haven't been able to do, and uh, and and so on and so forth. And uh, he's he, he, he did he performed admirably. You know, he picked up that injury on the on the eve of his uh, his, his debut season with the club, and uh, Tendai Dariqua played the first half of the season. But once he was in, I mean, in competition from Phil Bardsley, you know, you know, the season uh, we won, you know, won promotion, uh, won uh, a place in the Europa League, and uh, he was just a solid citizen. You know, he never let Burnley down. Terrific character, great relationship with with James Tarkovsky, and uh, you know he, I know he, his his brother Glenn always interacted uh, with with the fans on the social media and in and around grounds. It's just a thoroughly all round top fella. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think. I- yeah, Go just on, yeah, Peter. just on Lawton, yeah. just echo what Chris said. I just think he, he was superb. I mean, he scored that goal at Crystal Palace during lockdown, you know, the COVID years, and you know, he was he, he was really solid. I I really liked him. I thought he was great. You know, Roberts is a different kind of player. You know, he's he's probably less of a right back in terms of getting to a byline, overlapping the winger than perhaps Lawton might have been. But um, but yeah, I, I genuinely thought Lawton might do a job in the kind of company system because he's very solid. He gets he can get up and down and mm. and things like that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, both of them should go with every Burnley fan's best wishes because neither of them have put you know put much of a foot wrong in their their time at Turf Moor really. Yeah, I thought I thought um, I've, you know quite a few people saying about Lawton that he wouldn't fit into company's system, and and that's why he had to go. I do wonder if it was about that or was it about 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 his wages? Um, but I don't I don't know. I mean, I think I would imagine it really annoys players when they get told that like they couldn't play in a particular type of of, of system because if Ashley Barnes can just do it, <laughs> then you know. As if you know, Charlie Taylor got that all season. People saying, "Well, he's not a centre off. He can't play centre off. He's not good in this system. He is a different kind of fullback than than obviously uh, company seems to like to use." Uh, both Charlie Taylor and and uh, Matt Lawton are different in that that respect. But it doesn't mean they couldn't adjust and and and, and do it in some way. Yeah. You know, I always thought he could have played. He could have played in midfield in a range of passing. Matt Lawton, you know, in a supervision. I think I think you said Greaves had touched on it. I think there was that sort of element of he can't get up and down as he used to, and uh, you know maybe that came into. But he was a just a you know top pro. Whenever he came in, he came in in the uh, in the League Cup at, at Shrewsbury and, and and did a job, and uh, he just 
Yeah, I mean, I say that that goal at, at, at Palace. I mean, I was lucky enough to to be at uh, Sellers Park that day. It was just absolutely sensational, and uh, it scored a few important goals for Burnley down the years. Yeah, good player, good player. Um, there's been a few other Clarets leaving their clubs, ex-Clarets. Uh, Kevin Long gone from Birmingham. Chris McCann out at Burton. Scotty Arfield um, finally come to an end five years at Glasgow Rangers. And uh, Tendai Derrick, who we mentioned earlier, um, has been released by Wigan, which I was a bit surprised about. Um, I think the Kevin Long one was also a bit of a surprise because he sort of established himself as a, a regular there at Birmingham. Uh, any surprises in there? Any any thoughts on those? Yeah, I was quite surprised by Ke- the Kevin Long one, as you say, because I think re- reading reading reports and and seeing him play, um, he 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 was he was quite rusty at the start of the season. I think everybody agreed on that, but he grew into it, and he, I think he 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 put he, he made himself like a, a first name on the team sheet for sort of the the second half of the season, uh, and and did quite well. I, I think he he sort of said it. In in a, in a sort of interview after the last game, that it was kind of time for him to say goodbye. So I don't know whether he's decided to move on or whether they've let him go. The tone of his sort of comments after the game seemed to suggest that it might have been more his decision than the club itself. So maybe he's got something else lined up. I was I was felt it was a bit of a strange one. With, with, if you look at Kevin Long, and he always he, over his career at Burnley, he didn't play you know a great deal of football, but it's this debate, isn't it? You look at uh, your, your Carlo Nashes and your, you know, your Stuart Taylors and your, your Scott Carsons and people who are going to a club and just being a, a solid citizen and you know being there when required. And uh, it, it to to have replaced Kevin Long would have cost a significant amount of money at a time when Burnley weren't really particularly blessed with it. You know, they'd have had to go out and sign a. A, a Warrell from Nottingham Forest that would have been ten million plus, or or they went out and spent fifteen million pound on Ben Gibson, who, unlike Kevin Long, wasn't happy at not getting the game, and you know ultimately you know for, forced a, a, a move out. Which Kevin Long, no matter you can call it a lack of ambition or, or whatever, I, I prefer to look at his his professionalism, and uh, you know he never complained. I'm, I'm sure he had a, you know the the odd moment where he'd say to the manager. Look, I've come in for Ben Mee and played six games. I've come in for Tarky and played five, six, seven games. You know, why do they always come mm. straight back in, sort of thing? But never a problem, and and just again, you know, a, a good loyal servant for Burnley. I think never, the thing with Long was as well that he would he would come into the side and, and and people would go, oh, you know, it's Kevin Long got to play, you know, and we're playing against Spurs or whoever, and you'd sort of dread and think that some big mistake was going to happen because he hadn't played for three months and he almost never did you know mm-hmm. I mean he almost almost every time he came in wasn't the most refined centre off but he always seemed to do a job mm, never let anybody down as far as I can remember <laughs> no and he goes away we're like well, what's, he, what's he got sort of you know a quarter of a century of Ireland caps as well you know 50, he, he, odd, away, 50 like, Premier League appearances exactly yeah know? something, something mm. to tell the, tell the grandkids about that can't yeah, 91 <laughs> appearances for Burnley and over half of them in the Premier League so you can't you know what I mean if you come to the end of your career he's got 50 odd more appearances in the Premier League than he might have done had he moved clubs on a more regular basis and bounced around lower to mid-end championship clubs and like you say you yeah. know he never really did you know I think he was one of them players who had a limited shelf life with every spell when he came in 
you know, because players worked out how to play against him and things. But, you know, very rare. You know, I can't think of a Rick where he'd kind of, you'd go, right, you know, he's he's cost us that game. He's cost us that game. You know, and when you're talking about him playing against some of the elite players in British football, then, you know, you can look back fairly aptly at your, your lot, can't you, I think? And Arfield, five years at Rangers. I think when he left Burnley, people thought he's going up there for a season or two. He's near the end of his career. He's actually had a really, you know, he'll be a significant part of Rangers' uh, recent history. Um, had some great moments up there as well. Played in European football. I mean, that's worked out really well for him, Anthony, would he? Yeah, it has pretty much. I mean, um, how old is he now, Scotty Arfield? 34. Just check, yeah, 34. 34. I was just I was wondering so, exactly yeah. the same myself, but exactly 34, not bad. Almost yeah. as many games for Rangers as he had for Burnley, and like you say, European yeah. European football, yeah. top flight, European yeah. Europa League finalist, Europa League finalist, yeah, yeah. Scottish you know, SPL champion, and just a, a really, really, really yeah. If it have had pace, it'd have been a well being to Scotty Arthur, but mm. it was a, just a such a lovely, lovely, intelligent footballer. And, it was just the same as a strange one because when he, he 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 wasn't playing so much, obviously when it came to the end of his Burnley contract and Burnley had finished in in Europe and we we all thought he'd probably you know probably move move, move down a level or two, but uh, I absolutely thrilled to bits for him because he was you know a, a lovely lad and that's uh, so if Stephen Gerrard wants you, it's uh, you, you're doing all right. Aren't you? <laughs> Yeah, he's had a brilliant career, really, hasn't he? And, you know, that's, I suppose one thing he might regret is uh, in order to sort of establish himself at Rangers, he, he, he did he did give up playing for Canada. He hadn't played a great deal for them. And, of course, if he'd have carried on playing for Canada, I'm pretty sure he'd have been in their World Cup squad this year. You know, so he sort of missed out a little bit on that one. But maybe that's the price you pay for, you know, being able to be a regular week in, week out in, in the Scottish League, which is a you know, demanding physical league, isn't it? With all the cup competitions as well. So, well done to Scotty Arfield. Hope he finds uh, what he's looking for if he wants another year or two somewhere. Um, yeah, and, and Chris McCann, really. I mean, it's still surprising to think that with all the unfortunate injuries he's had, that, that, he, that he's still a professional footballer, really. I don't want that to sound cruel, but, you know, he had so many setbacks at Burnley and then and then everywhere else that he's been he's had injury problems that uh, he's done pretty well to, to get to this yeah, stage. I think he, he had an injury this uh, year didn't he? I think he's only made like three appearances and the last one of them was only a 20 minute appearance so I think he probably um, he picked up an injury there as well so perhaps not surprising that Chris has been um, Chris has been released um, but yeah I mean given Wigan's situation um, Dariqua you know, again, perhaps that is probably down to finance, given the fact that they seem to struggle to pay the wages pretty much every week. Um, but yeah, always weird seeing kind of names that you think have retired long ago uh, suddenly being released by clubs, and uh, you you forget they were there. And it sounds it's a bit kind of like you you know we've been so enthralled with the championship this season. I've not looked lower than that. It sounds really bad, that doesn't it? But not looked at League One and League Two. And if I'm being honest, not looked at League One and League Two for many a year. Too big for that, aren't we now? It does feel like that sometimes, yeah. But I like to go. I, like, I still like to go on Accrington Stanley. It keeps me in touch with with those early days of watching football. But uh, they've gone down as well, haven't they, this year? Unfortunately.
Right, let's get down to business then. So there's going to be a lot of business going on at Turf Moor during this summer. Players coming and going, we hope, and uh, there's a lot to discuss. So let's first of all start off by looking at the players we've currently got on loan. These are issues that are going to have to be addressed because Hartnum, almost half the team was uh, at times was was on loan at Burnley. The rules are very different in the Premier League, though. Chris, if I'm right, I think you're only allowed to have two loan players registered at one time. Is that right? That's right, and four over the the season. It seems a bit uh, bit bit harsh, that doesn't it? But uh, yeah, very very drastic to what uh, you know the far more relaxed in the in the EFL. So. Uh, yeah, if you're a promoting club, you want to make the most of your money, and you know if you're not going to be spending, well, we'll wait and see how much is spent. But ideally, you'd like to sort of borrow a couple at the same time. And uh, if if two's your limit from uh, from August, it's uh, it's a bit of a tough ask. Yeah, I mean, when so it's two. You can register two at the start of the of the season, and then if they were six months loans or whatever, you could you could do two different ones in January in theory but a lot of players now seem to be going on one year loans as fairly standard now isn't it mm. so we're talking about two loan players I mean unless I've forgotten somebody at the moment we've got Harwood Bellis, Martson, Teller, Dervy Suglu uh, on loan have I missed anybody out there I don't think so that's that's five players yeah the other one Bear of course so, but he's he's signed yeah. permanently now he's he's signed hasn't he so you um, know and Oberfemi as well. That was obviously turned into a, a permanent. Yeah. Yeah. Has that turned into a permanent? Yeah. Yeah. So, you'd like, you'd, yeah, you'd like to think. Uh, certainly, if 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 Manchester City want Taylor Harwood Bellis to have another loan, which you would imagine, looking at the the, the, the sort of pool pool of centre backs that they've got at Manchester City, the, the ideal place for him is. 25 miles down the road in a system he's familiar with and a club he's familiar with and and, it, and the, he gets Premier League experience for the, for the first time. It's, it's purpose-built for him, isn't it, really? Mm. Yeah, but that's one of your yeah. loans gone then. And the talk player, of Laconga who... is that that's going to be uh, a loan as well. I saw that today, that Arsenal want a loan with a obligation to buy. So, again, you know, if they're your two loans... You know, Teller's not going to be alone. If we get Teller, it's going to be a permanent, you'd expect. Matson is the other one which you kind of look at and go, would that be like Dervis Alogu is going to go back to Brentford. There's no way they'll they'll be taking him again, I don't think, given these lack of game time. Mm-hmm. But you just wonder whether Harwood Bellis, it's a permanent with a buyback, I don't know, to kind of free up something. You know, you think there'd be rules for younger players, wouldn't you? So anyone under 22 doesn't count towards your loans. If they're serious about developing younger players, that's the way of doing it, isn't it? Your younger players, you know, can have a loan that doesn't count towards your rather restrictive two loans at any one time situation. Does seem to be the loophole there, though, that you you hinted at, that your clubs could do a buyback deal where, for example, Manchester City sell Harwood Bellis to Burnley with an agreement that for a 10 million fee or whatever, they could buy him back in the future and we'd have to accept that offer. City um, seem to do that with a lot of players, don't they? Like, uh, is it uh, Lavia at Southampton yeah. and uh, Bazunu yeah. and you know the, the, these players that they've, they've fancied but not given a, an opportunity to, but let them, let them uh, blossom and see what happens. Did I hear yeah. that, that Murich is on a similar sort of deal with us? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that was that was mentioned when he signed. Whether how true it is, I don't know, but that was definitely mentioned when he was signed. So you know, you think with the relationship that company has with Manchester City, if, if there was any club we could do deals like that with, and uh, and City have been known to uh, perhaps uh, you know utilize loopholes from time to time. So you know that there might be uh, might be a way of doing that one. Um, would you sign him though? I mean, did, from what you saw of him this season, if Manchester City said we want. 20 million for him would would you would you go as high as that for him yeah i think he's been fantastic hasn't he i mean apart from apart from the spell he had you know out injured uh that first half half of the season the 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 platform that him and bear put down at the back was what everything else was built on wasn't it so i mean and he's only i think he's only 21 isn't he which is incredible when you think about it you think of the the sort of maturity in his play um, I, I, the only thing I would say about it is I think we've got more of a need for a, for, for a left-back than we have for a central defender because I thought that when Ekdal and Alder Keel came in, you know, they, they just didn't put a foot wrong either. It was like, where, where have they got these two, two lads from? You know, yeah. we've, we've replaced two, you know, great central defenders with another couple of central defenders. So I, I would like to see them get more game time next season. Um so if it's a choice between bringing Matson back on loan or signing Howard Bellis on loan, I think we've more of a need of Matson than we have of Howard Bellis at the moment. I'd still go with Howard Bellis, but I was a centre half. So <laughs> and, <laughs> and Steve Davis is my favourite claret, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's just I, I just think is the England number twenty one skipper. The last England under twenty one skipper was Mark Mark Gay, who's you know is doing so well at. Uh, at at Crystal Palace after leaving leaving Chelsea, and uh, I I genuinely believe he could be. I think we said in the last podcast he's he's, he's a Gary Cale type. I think he I think he could he could be even better than Gary Cale. You know the like, I mean so we yeah you know, we've seen Ekdal stride forward and play you know defence splitting passes, but uh, I think Howard Bellis is uh, you know the way he come out and sort of spread play you know superbly. You know he was becoming that aggressive dominant centre half that I think he's capable of being and he's to me he's just absolute class but uh, yeah it's, it's how, how do you divvy it up like if Chelsea want to hold on to Martin for the for the foreseeable but without lending you know goal permanently it's uh, it's going to be a tough call isn't it and you would think Howard Ballis would would want to come back wouldn't you you know I mean he must have he must have enjoyed it this season I mean he said he, he, he did uh, of course he did um, but you look at Manchester City and you know, Emmerich Laporte's not getting a game at centre half. So <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, mm-hmm. the opportunities as good as he is, um, and and he plays in a position where it's not like it was for Phil Foden, where you can bring him on for twenty minutes and gradually blood him into the first team. He's he's not really going to have many opportunities at City unless Pep's moving on Laporte or something like that. Um, so you would think there's a realistic chance of, of getting him. Um, Tell another interesting one. I mean, Southampton are in quite a strong position with that deal, aren't they? I mean, um, could it come down to a sort of how far do we go on the price thing? He'll sign. I'm, I'm near convinced he'll sign. I'm, I'm near convinced that we've already agreed something. Um, I, I just, yeah, I think it is a price thing. I think 18, 20 million is what Saints will want for him. Um, I, I would, yeah, what I, I'd go out and pay it tomorrow. You know, if it meant we could get him before I go on holiday on Saturday, 
I would deliver the cash myself. <laughs> it won't be my cash. <laughs> won't be AOK's cash either. But well, that's what we're, we can all chip in, though, can't we? Get, get Alan Pace to chip in a little bit yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, 18 to 20 million, I think. You, you just go out and get him. I mean, he just, you know, he's just what a character, you know what I mean? And I think it's really all of the loan players have bought into, you know, you just see all the, you know, Arwood Bellis's end of season message, you know what I mean? They just, they want to be here. They want to play for company. They want to play for Bellamy. They want to play for um, Burnley Football Club. And, you know, why wouldn't you? Look at the turf every week rocking. Look at how much love Teller gets from Burnley fans. You know, it's, you know, it's reciprocated as well from him. And you just think, you know, if you're a young player, you don't want another season in the championship with the greatest respect to Southampton. And I actually think Russell Martin coming in to, to there is a, I think that's a great move for them. I think he's, you know, a great manager and I think they'll be there or thereabouts. But he doesn't want another season in the championship. You know what I mean? He doesn't, he doesn't owe Southampton anything, really. He's not, he's not had that much of a chance. If he wants to force a move, he'll force a move. And I think Southampton will be resigned already to losing him. 18, 20 million. Bet your house on it. Mystic Greaves is in the door. <laughs> Well, to be fair to to be fair to uh, to Teller himself, they didn't show any faith in him yeah. last season, did they? That he could do it in the Premier League. Um, so, he, like you say, he definitely doesn't owe them anything. No. Did, did they sign him on an extra three and a half years? Of... Sorry, Sam. Sorry, what do you go ahead? Did they sign him on extra three and a half years last year to about twenty twenty five? So it might be worth a little bit more with having a slightly longer contract. I don't know. It's it's the same as I mean Dwight Dwight McNeil yeah. was on a you know a lengthier deal at Burnley it's all about you know he's telling prepared to dig his heels in you know and just really demand them demand a move he seems a nice kid but you know if if an agent tells you this is what you've got to do to to force your move through then people's play you know people's behavior changes sometimes like like say go back to Ben Gibson I don't think he was that type of character at all but uh, he did what he had to do to generate a, a move I don't think I've ever seen a Burnley player smile as much as Nathan Teller this season. Like, there's almost every photo you see of him is a fantastic grin on his face after <laughs> scoring goals. And uh, yeah, yeah our expected that? smile stat for the Premier League next season is going to be, uh, <laughs> going to be fantastic if Teller's there. I, I really hope we do because I think he, I think he could rip it up in the Premier yeah. League. I think he's well capable of taking that step up and, and being as effective as someone like, you know, Saka or someone at Arsenal. You know, he's that kind of player. I think. Who's got that potential? So right, well, we want we want all of them, don't we? Really, those loan players. Um, <laughs> well, and, if we don't get we, all, if we don't get all of them, we certainly will have to get somebody to fill those slots, yeah. won't we? Yeah, I mean, that's the point, isn't it? And, and like, so which slots would we say are like non-negotiables, as Sean Dash used to say? Like these absolutely have to be strengthened for the striker for me. Um, I know we've got Obafemi in the door. I know we've got Foster. We still got Jay. I, I just think. That for me is the difference. I think I think Foster will come good. I really genuinely do. I, I noticed I saw something today that he's we've we've asked for him not to be included in the Southampton uh, Southampton South Africa squad, and I think training mm. preseason training pre preseason training starts just after the FA Cup final, doesn't it for Burnley? They're coming in doing ten days, then get mm. another ten days off, and then preseason starts. And I think that we will see him come good and I think he will be there Premier League though you need you, you know you need a striker and I think that's that for me is the that and a big central midfielder are my two kind of areas I'd say 
Mm, I agree with that. I think we've lost Barnes, haven't we? So we've got to replace him just for numbers. So, you know, a company's not the kind of guy who's going to sign somebody just to make up the numbers. He's going to want somebody who's going to be challenging for a place in the team. Well, we've got Lyle Foster. We've got Obafemi then. We've got Teller, who plays mm-hmm. quite often centrally. Not an out-and-out striker, but plays quite often centrally. Uh, we've got Jay. Um, so you think one more, like the big, big guaranteed number nine who starts every week and scores all the goals that keep us comfortably mid-table? Is that what Yoker we're talking is. about? Unless, unless uh, Vout comes back. I'd be I'd be astonished. Yeah. I would be absolutely astonished. And I, I just I don't think he suits this system at all. I I know he could play that sort of false nine sort of thing, but it, it to me just isn't mobile enough for for well for it's the slow. Premier League. He's slow fundamentally. Isn't it? I don't think he suits playing I mean, with the people. I think that's his. Football were a solo game. He'd be a, he'd be a, a world beater, yeah. but. Woody, what's your thoughts on Vegos coming back? It's probably great at Wally on the back street, isn't it? But no, you're talking about a guy with like 36, what, 36 appearances. And it's one thing saying, okay, well, he didn't do it when he was at Burnley. But when you suddenly throw him into the United side and he's arguably a shit there, and he's two, you know, two goals, etc. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm quite happy to give anybody a second chance. And if him and, you know... Vincent decide to make up and not break up, then fair enough. However, that Norwich game, when he got his sulks on and we turned it around, said enough for all Burnley fans as to what kind of a character he was, you know, so. Do we think he would be welcomed back? Do you think, do you think you know, the, the fans would uh, see there's some unfinished business? You've already seen Connor Roberts's reaction, haven't you, at the end of last yeah. season? And, and it, you know, it, it, it's, it's all right, Van Hal saying... Oh, you've got to go to a top, you know, top tier European league, or you're not getting in the World Cup squad. But these lads have done the graft for him. You know, you can't, you can't just parachute him back in all of a sudden. And uh, but I just, even I, I say, I speak, I speak to, still speak to a couple of journalists in in Turkey regularly. Who still, I don't think, don't think they've got the gist that I'm not working anymore. And I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm in another profession. But even the way he left Besiktas, I don't think that was. You know, le- le- you know, left uh, you know, left a bit of a sour taste in their mouth there. That, I mean, it, no one could begrudge the lad a move to Manchester United, and no one's ever going to stand in his way. But again, it was it was almost a fate accompli without everything being agreed. And uh, yeah, I don't think they were too too enamoured over there. But he he did a he, well, he was a one in two man in Turkey. So that's you know that, that that's his level, and it one of the second the secondary tier European. Levels, I think. He'd do a job in Holland. Yeah, I mean, He'd do a think... job in Holland. I think you know, you look at one of them sides that's pushing for Europa League every year, and he'd he'd absolutely do a job in in a league like that. You know, um, he he done a job for United, I think, at times. But I mean, if I were a United season ticket holder, spending as much as they spend on season tickets at Old Trafford, I'd be looking at his name on the team sheet and thinking, we've got to do better than this. <laughs> United oh, will yeah. back anyone. United will back anyone who pulls on a on a red shirt. The fans, yeah. but you, you can see oh, there's some that, yeah, so, some are backing him in that respect, and that you know the others, you know the more uh, more sort of balanced United fans are sort of saying, no, nah, no, simply not good enough. The thing about uh, about that transfer of Vegost is 
I think we paid around ten or eleven million for him, didn't we? From, it was about, from, it was about uh, half, about half Woods' fee, wasn't it? So you know, about twelve, twelve plus. Yeah, from Wolfsburg. Um, he's under contract for another couple of years, um, and Besiktas will probably don't want him back on loan. Manchester United, I would suspect, don't want him back on loan. Um, we might end up with him, whether we want him or not, or we might have to take a, a quite hefty loss on him because I don't see many clubs lining up to pay twelve million for him. You know, he, that could could end up being a bit of a, a, a loss making deal. That one, and it was you know sort of January panic signing in a way, wasn't it? After what went on with Wood, um, let's move on from from Vegos um, and see um, in terms of players just one thing on position as well i'd just add in i think we do need to to look at the fullback position in terms of at least backups you know if we have if we have matson and roberts there um is do we want to be going in with charlie taylor and vitinho as the only backups in case of injury there i, I would be looking especially at right back um for somebody you know if, if connor roberts did get injured um to come in who's, who's maybe got a little bit more now and defensive stability but Let's see. Uh, let's have a look then at some of the uh, transfer rumours that have been flying around. And actually, Chris, I believe, has a world exclusive uh, himself <laughs> on a, a possible I Burnley, bu- possible Burnley uh, transfer target in from the from his extensive Turkish contacts, I believe. No, like, again, from 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 speaking to uh, you know, say a reporter, I, I've dealt with. Uh, over in Turkey, he covers Besiktas exclusively. He contacted me a couple of weeks ago and suggested Nathan Redmond was 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 one that Burnley might be pursuing. But it remains to be seen. He's he's still I think he's twenty nine still. So I think we think he's a bit older than that because he's been around you know since he was he was a young a young lad. You know he played in the under twenty ones with with Ingsy, but. It, if they can't land Teller, you know, you, you only have to look at the, you know, you know the, the times that Guardiola pulled him off the pitch and basically said, why aren't you doing that every week after a, what, one, yeah. South, one Southampton performance against uh, against City? He's capable, you know, very good player. And maybe you might be able to get him for, you know, for cut price for a season or two. And, uh, you know, that, that probably is a, if Teller, if a deal for Teller isn't, uh, isn't doable. Yeah, I, I was at a game actually at City when Pep did that. When he went up to him, I think he really rates him because um, he had an absolute brilliant game one one time at the Etihad where he, he they played on they did City on the counter attack a couple of times and he he was but he always seemed to score screamers against us as well, didn't he? Yeah. I don't know if it's just one or two that stick in their mind, but uh, but yeah, I, I think I think he'd be a decent shout. He's he's he does sound more of a sort of previous era Burnley signing than a Vincent Company one though doesn't it it sounds a bit more like a sort of upgraded Aaron Lennon sort of you know, <laughs> signing but but because uh, we're used to them being like players from from Europe who we've never heard of um, but there are there are some names starting to get mentioned I mean one that's one that's been getting quite a bit of circulation is uh, Lokongo we mentioned earlier company knows him for his time at Anderlecht Arsenal loaned him out to Palace last year Anyone uh, kept half an eye on him and got any thoughts on that? I think he could be the replacement for John Deary that we've all been waiting for all these years. <laughs> I really like what his free kicks like. I really like the look of him. I think he's he's not obviously you know he struggled a bit at Arsenal in in kind of recent times. He's perhaps not pulled up trees at Crystal Palace, but 
I think he's one of them players, a bit like Redmond, maybe that you know, I mean, you think he'll have something to prove, and that you know, that's Dyche was always good at kind of getting players who everybody else had written off and getting the best out of them. Peters, Lennon, you know, for short spells, Bardsley, perhaps, and things like that. So, I think you know, you've got to trust companies' process and trust companies' viewpoint. And if he thinks he can get a tune out of him, and Burnley's the place to do that, you know. We saw it last season, didn't we? I mean, with the with the players we we brought in, most of them we'd never heard of, but company got almost instant tunes out of most of them. Um, so yeah, I think I think he would. I'd, I'd be delighted if he'd sign because I think, you know, as Justin said, we've been missing a John Deary esque centre mid uh, for for a long time, and we we need a bit of an enforcer really to allow everybody else in there to to go about their business without having to worry about getting kicked. Yeah, he's only 21 as well, so he really does fit that company profile in a way that perhaps Redmond doesn't. You know, he's and young he's, and full of potential. But he could, he could play in a... The company yeah, is his inspirational... Two. Sorry, Chris, go on. No, go on. I'm saying he could, he could play in a two, he could play in a three. And it, so you, you're going to need, you need that, that physicality and that athleticism, particularly in the Premier League. And he, he, he fits the bill in that respect, I think. Yeah, and if we and you know if if company is as inspirational as everyone says he is, and there's no reason to think he isn't, the fact that he's worked with company as a young player uh, and elect, you would think you know that's a major a major hook to try and get him, isn't it? You know, you would think that could be that sounds like to me. So if we, if we were giving these ratings like traffic light ratings, right? <laughs> Either you know for these transfer rooms like red red for warning, amber for a gambler, and uh, everything's gone green for a deal that that could be done where are we putting Lukonga then is he is he is he a gamble or is he an everything's gone green he's a green for me green for me don't know what. absolutely yeah right. I mean everyone's a bit of a gamble aren't they but the fact that obviously company wants to vote for him etc then you've got to put him in like the green column Right, the next name that's been linked, I think I would say is definitely at least in the gambler, amber gambler category, is Torino's Jan Caramor. Um, Travelled around a lot in Italy and France. I think he's only 24, but he's played in a different club nearly every season. He's been at Inter, at Parma, not made a huge impact at Inter. He's been at Torino last season. Um what do we think of left-sided attacking left-sided player who would play on a three from what I understand? But uh, Chris, any, any, any knowledge, any inside thoughts on him? I've got to be brutally honest. I've seen nothing but a couple of YouTube clips on him and it's and, uh, anyone. Can That's look, good enough. They can look world beaters <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> if you got to get, yeah. uh, get a get clips of Greasy in five a side to make him look like uh, Johnny Method in his prime or something like that. The, the Art Neil Iniesta is what I'm known at as uh, Soccer Burnley. Some of the balls are just out of this world. So I am available. I'm, I've always said I'm only one good pre-season away from a first-team spot. Um, but again, he, I think with uh, with him, you know, you, you're almost looking for players who aren't tried and tested, who, who haven't perhaps, you know, gone about it just looking at him he's still only 24 and he's got a you know rattle through clubs as you say Simon but he kind of fits that mold that kind of you know I always think transfers are weird aren't they you know you look at Torres when he moved away from Liverpool you look at Rocky Santa Cruz when he moved to City just because someone's been good elsewhere doesn't mean to say they're going to be good when they come to you and likewise 
you know, this lad, his goal-scoring record is, you know, worse than Wout. Um, and, but he could just fit into a system. You know, he could be that, that kind of player who nobody else will take a gamble on because they don't see the numbers behind what you see on Wikipedia or Soccer Base or whatever it might be. And, you know, I think, I mean, I think Foster's your you kind of prime example for that. I think most of us, you know, uh, watching us this season perhaps don't see the fuss about Foster yet. But if we trust in the process that we've done due diligence and, you know, the numbers are good, then Foster will, you know, chance probability should come good. And I think he could be another one. You know, he's probably not going to cost us the earth. He's still only 24. He's looking to to get a chance. He's looking to kind of, you know, looking for a spiritual home where he can thrive. Maybe Burnley's that place. I, I also think uh, that he's coming to the end of his contract. So I, I think he might be free unless they exercise the option to extend it, which given his, given his history, maybe they won't. It looks yeah. a couple of years ago and he picked a couple of serious injuries up though, doesn't it? And it seems like he hasn't played quite as well or as much since then as he did previously. And uh, chat GPT doesn't like him. That's all I'm saying. It's not <laughs> Says he's a bad one. Yeah. But if he is, if, if that's right and he is out of contract, I think Justin's right about that. He is he's an option situation that they're not going to take up. Then there's not a huge risk there, is there? You know, we can we can True. we can frame a contract in a way that we're covered if it doesn't work out. You know, yeah. Uh, Habib Diallo of Strasbourg. Now the numbers look better for him. Uh, 27 years of age, Senegal international, scored 35 in 92 games for Strasbourg, which is pretty decent. Scored 48 in 104 for Mets. That's not a bad record. But if we're talking about signing one striker who is going to be that man in the Premier League is, is, is that Habib Diallo of Strasbourg? It's probably Mikartadze, isn't it? That we that barely were linked with last summer. That I think he's 30, 30 odd goal uh, involvements in, in the second tier in France, but mm. uh, had, a, had a big, big season. I know uh, I think it was one of the one of the last uh, transfer links. I, I, I spoke to Vincent Company about, and he was yeah he, he was keen on him, but uh, obviously that was one that that didn't happen last summer. Might be more difficult because of you know the the, the season he's had this time, but uh, yeah, again it's and, and, and let's see if it's sec- second tier. Let's say nobody's nobody's grumbling about you know Teller Teller having a success in second tier and uh, so on and so yeah. forth. So I know. So I don't, certainly don't get out and see many uh, League Two uh, games in France. So the you know, standards are a bit of a mystery to me. But uh, yeah, so he knows where the where the uh, where the onion bag is. Yeah, I don't think it's as good as the Championship. That's for sure. French second division. And you look and you look at the attendances and the general sort of standard there. I don't think it is. But you know, there are there are big clubs in in that division who who go down and and uh, you know teams like Metz. Are, are, are those kind of clubs, aren't they? Mm. You know, so. twenty-three goals in thirty-five games. I uh, I started following him on Instagram when we were linked because I quite like the look of him as a footballer, and and he, he seems to be posting pictures of him with Man of the Match awards pretty much every week. So, you know, <laughs> we were linked with him and was it QRT's his uh, colleague who's moved on to uh, Montpellier, big central defender. I think we were linked with a bit of a double swoop for them two last year, and again, I think. Um, uh, 
Kuate has been linked this year as a possible kind of centre half, and you know, again, I you just trust that. I'd never heard of these players, but somebody within Burnley Football Club, AI Scout, Vincent Company, whoever had they, they were on the radar, and you know, I think Company's been out to a Montpellier game, which suggests that Kiate, um could could be that person, you know, another another person who we were tracking last year, who he wants to go back for this year. Yeah, they're interesting ones. Them another one that's been mentioned is uh, attacking midfielder uh, Milot Rashica, Albanian attacking midfielder, who's been on loan at Galatasaray. So Chris has probably been watching him every week in, in his favourite <laughs> Turkish league. Um, he, he's uh, but he's been at Werder Bremen and Vitesse. He's twenty six, which is a good age. Um, I have to say, I haven't seen much of him uh, during his time at Norwich either. Um, anyone seen much of uh, Milot Rashica? It's, it's technically decent, but again, it didn't uh, it didn't stand out in a in a poor Norwich team. So uh, yeah, it'd be a, it'd be an interesting one. But uh, I say I think we've got you know, he, he primarily played that sort of uh, just inside left when I saw him. So uh, it could be a type you know a Zorori type, a Goodmanson type maybe. But I, I, I think those two are, are better to be honest. Yeah, and then there's a name that's become been mentioned for a long time, um, Victor Jukeresh, the Swedish-Hungarian uh, striker at Coventry City. Um, he's been a player who's been mentioned a lot of time. He's in the Championship. He is the kind of player that you know under Dash we used to go for like top scoring strikers from the Championship <laughs> when we got promoted to the Premier League, didn't we? Um, but of course, Coventry could end up getting up there themselves as well, and probably wouldn't be very keen to get rid of him. We've played against him. What, what's what's he look like against Burnley? Well, he's a big, strong Scandinavian striker, isn't he? So if we're going to carry on playing like City, we're going to we're going to need to get one of those eventually. <laughs> he played well at Turf Moor. Yeah, he did. A couple of openings that uh, he might have done uh, done better with, but uh, he, he he's uh, you mentioned that you know he's big, big, tall, strong lad, but he's technically technically gifted as well and. Uh, yeah, I think I think he'll make the step up, no matter uh, whether that's with uh, Coventry or ourselves or someone else. Yeah, he'd be in everything's gone green for me. Go out, you know. I know I've already said we've got to go out and get Teller, but if Alan Pace is listening, dust the checkbook <laughs> off, Al. Get yourself down to Coventry. Fetch him back. I'd, I'd go for it. I agree with Chris. I just think he would, you know, he would step up. You know, as Woody said. I thought it was brilliant at Turf Moor. I didn't think they were a bad side. You know, again, you know, teams are always going to struggle against us with our possession-based football, but he created a couple of openings and he's got, you know, he's, he's got lots of attributes, you know, that you want in a striker in the Premier League. He's mobile, he's strong, plays off the last defender, he's good with his feet for a big man. Yeah, I'd, I, you know, aside from obviously his mate down at Mets, um, if we get them both, brilliant. But uh, yeah, Jokeres or however you pronounce it, I know you're much more fluent in Hungarian than I am, Simon. Jokeres. Victor. Well, yeah, I, yeah, definitely for me, hundred percent. Yeah, well, we're signing most of these according to the conversation. <laughs> Looks like we've so we brought in we brought in. Uh, Maybe Nathan Redmond, depending on what happens with Teller. We're having Laconga. Jan Karamor, we'll see what kind of deal we can get for him. Um, if it's no risk, one-year deal, perhaps we'd take a chance on him. 
Habib Diallo, uh, decent record at Strasbourg, were, were more interested in Mikotadze from Mets, though. We're definitely having yeah. him, yeah? Yeah. Um, Rashika, we're probably taking a pass on, but we're going for Victor Jukeresh. Um, so, yeah, I think we just spent about 60 million there. So. <laughs> Calvin Phillips on loan. <laughs> there, there are, well, I was going to say, there's, there, are, there are probably three that you could put into the maybe impossible deals that have been mentioned, the more sort of tabloid stories that have got people sort of chatting. But Calvin Phillips is the one that, that that's had quite a lot of uh, coverage. I mean... He cost City, I think, forty-five million. I think last year. Uh, an, he was an England international central midfield for England at the Euros. I mean, is he really a, a, a realistic target for Burnley? Not, in, not a cat in hell's chance. If only, uh, if only uh, Mike Garlic and, uh, and and Sean had been able to convince Leeds, it's probably going back about four or five years now, but. Uh, he went far away on that occasion, and uh, he's uh, he's done all right for himself since. Hasn't he? he hasn't done well this year, though. I mean, it wouldn't be a shock. I mean, he's hardly featured for City at all. No, he's injured when he went in, and he didn't get the pre-season he wanted, and and all that. But he's hardly featured for them. I mean, Justin, can you imagine a situation where company says to uh, his mate Pep? Look, just give him a year with us. We'll get him up to speed. We'll we'll do it. Just give him as a, a loan. Yeah. You know. Well, it would it would be exactly that, wouldn't it? You know, he, he he's he's not gonna. He doesn't seem like he's gonna nail down a starting place for City. Although, you know, judging by the number of players that are reportedly gonna leave this summer in their midfield, maybe he will. I don't know, but there's obviously something about him that 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 Pep hasn't fancied this year. So. A year at Burnley under company who, who I'm sure that Pep will trust uh, could be, you know, just what he needs to get him back on track. You know. So all we need to do really is just say to Pep, right, Salah's Harwood Bellis, so we can don't have to use up this loan spot that we want to use to loan Calvin Phillips from you. Exactly, that would work. That's it. Deal. Um, James <laughs> Milner is another one. Oh that, that, no. That, Oh, an early strong no there. <laughs> I thought I thought uh, Vincent preferred players that can run. <laughs> that was about Ronaldo, though he was talking about. Yeah. Not just... It yeah. sounds sounds like he's off to Brighton, doesn't it, Milner? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he he was he was to be to be fair, he's been he's, he's been terrific for Liverpool, and uh, Klopp can't speak highly enough of him, but. But earlier in his career, it, 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 it was like an adjective I used to describe things that were all a bit meh, all a bit... <laughs> it's, it's all a bit Milner. It's a bit Milner, this. You'd watch England, and it's, as soon as you'd see him on the you know, right-hand side, you think, yeah, defensively, we've got that right-hand side probably locked down tonight, but is he going to offer any quality? Is he going to you know, deliver a, a, a good ball in or a bit of technical genius? No, he isn't. <laughs> he's, he's a grafter and a leader and he's got an experienced old head. And I wouldn't want him anywhere near Burnley Football Club. <laughs> no, I disagree, actually. I think, I think he'd be exactly what we need. We've got a really young side going up into the Premier League yeah. with not a lot of experience. You want, in those games where you're 1-0 up away from home at uh, Spurs, you want somebody to be able to, you know, help close it down for the last 20 minutes. That's what he did for Klopp. You saw Liverpool, whenever they came under a bit of pressure in the last 20, 25, 
Klopp brought him on. And he's been doing that for a long time. And I think if he could do it for Liverpool, he could do it for Burnley. Um, and I don't think, I think he's one of those players who I don't think his age is, is a realistic reflection of his uh, fitness either. I think he's one of those players who's really, really looked after himself to get to where he is. So, no, he's not a signing for the future. He's not exciting. Um, would you put him next to, instead of Jack Cork in that role in centre midfield? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, I wish him all the best at Brighton. Fair I'd, play. Yeah, keep, I'd keep Cork all day long. Yeah. And with you, Sam, who's our new shit You know what I mean? Now we've lost, like, Barnes. <laughs> Who is that guy who's going to, like, you Connor know, Roberts. See, see things Connor through? Roberts is yeah. the new shit yeah, yeah, Connor, to be fair. You know? <laughs> But, but yeah. I think we did. I think I think you know. Even if even if I think he is going to Brighton, probably from from reading the sort of picking up the signals from the media coverage of it. But I do think that is something that we need to think about: is that little bit of Premier League experience, because we've not got a lot of it. We've not got a lot of it in key positions. It's a it's a very young back four, is that as well, with an inexperienced goalkeeper at this level. You know, it's something that I, I wouldn't be surprised if company uh, goes and looks for somebody with that, with that sort of now. So, I mean, I know he probably prefer having as many young players as possible. He likes working with young players, but he also knows, and he's been round enough to know that sometimes, you know, you need to manage games out and so on. And it's helpful to have an experienced player or two in that situation. I think I think it's worth considering anyway. Uh, the other one. Um, which I think is definitely in the impossible deal category, is uh, Eden Hazard of Real Madrid and formerly of Chelsea. Um, is that total fantasy football, Greavesy? I've never heard of him. Is he one of these new... He's been picked up on AI Scout or something. I'm not... Never heard of him. It's Mickey Hazard. Mickey Hazard. Mickey Hazard. League experience with Mickey Hazard. No, I mean... <laughs> I think he's been hampered by injuries quite a bit, hasn't he? And, and, you know, I think you'd love to see him in a Burnley shirt, wouldn't you? You'd just absolutely love to see him based purely on his, you know, his past glories. And I know the, the you know, the move at Real Madrid hadn't quite worked out. You just got to think he's, you know, he'll be on a massive wage. It's, you know, it's a big financial investment. You can probably get two or three of these players we've mentioned under the, the new transfer model than a, Eden Hazard, unfortunately, and uh, whether you would get value for him, I, I don't think Coutinho, um, Philip Coutinho has really pulled up trees at Villa. I kind of throw Hazard into that similar category. Great, yeah. great from a you know world news point of view. Eden Hazard, you know, getting steak pudding and chips from Paddy and Chippy um, in a break from training, <laughs> but in reality, I don't think he, I don't think he fits. I'd argue he's the best player I've seen in you know that you know Burnley's last uh, last spell in the Premier League in the flesh. He just glided mm. across the turf. He's just unbelievable, you know, talent. But but if he's anywhere near, if he's seventy five percent fit, we won't get near him. No. So if it, it, it's it's just one. He obviously isn't you know fit enough to play at the level you know he, he's capable of. But is it worth taking a gamble on a fifty percent? Eden Probably not. Somebody said recently there's still magic in those feet about Eden Hazard. Do you know who said that? Vincent Company. Vincent, Vincent Company yeah. did to Belgian television, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure there is magic in them feet, but can yeah. he can he, is there magic in them legs and those lungs and you know? <laughs> 
That's the X factor in all this, isn't it? Company and who he knows and who he can attract. And the very fact that we sat here talking about Eden Hazard coming to play for Burnley and we're not going, like, that is absolutely the most ridiculous thing anyone's ever said. Says a lot, I think, about how things have changed over the last year. And I think, no, actually, I think Lukaku's the most <laughs> Lukaku's the most ridiculous thing. Yeah, I think, uh, Collymore link. Yeah, yeah. Collymore link. I think Collymore might have been on the funny facts, but and again, I, I think this this <laughs> this, <laughs> this is where you can give Alan Pace credit because I think if Vincent Company turned around to Alan Pace and said, you know, this is this, you know, I hope you sat down because this is going to blow your mind. I want to sign him. He's willing to come. It's going to cost you that. I do genuinely think that Alan Pace would sign off on that deal in a way that, you know, Mike Garlic wouldn't sign off on a deal for Dale Stevens three years before we signed him. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't sign off on a deal for you Jay think, Rodriguez but... a year before we no, signed him. No, you're right. So that's, you know, if you, we are going to give praise to, to Pace, you know, I think it's right we do in that respect. He, whatever Vincent Company wants, he will provide for Vincent Company, you know, and, or he'll, or he'll try, try to, to, of course, yeah. He'll try to. But it, it won't be, we won't be, you know, shelling peanuts in his pockets anymore. We will be, you know, he will splash the cash if needed. Might not be his cash, but he'll splash somebody's cash on it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I couldn't, I couldn't just be positive, could I? I had to be snide about it. <laughs> oh. That agenda again. That agenda again. Um, right, before we side off, let's have a little real fantasy football stuff. So, just, just thinking about players who you might have seen, but if you if you could pick one out, maybe an un, maybe a player who's like caught your eye, who you know, let's keep them fairly realistic. Player who you might want to bring in yourself who hasn't been listed. I mean, I'll throw one in there to kick it off. In 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 Major League Soccer, Atlanta United, who already provided uh, Miguel Elmir on to to Newcastle United. There's a lad called Thiago Almada, an Argentinian midfielder, absolutely beautiful player on the ball. Was actually in their World Cup squad. Um, I don't think he got more than a few minutes on the bench, um, but they they got him from an Argentinian club for a song, and uh, he's scoring free kicks from all over the place. Um, so I reckon he he'd be an absolute brilliant uh, signing. Anyone else got anyone they've seen uh, while watching uh, obscure? Leagues, Chris, Turkish league, anyone popped up there? <laughs> I've got to be brutally honest. I've not, uh, I'm, I say, I'm, I'm, I'm not one of those who sits around sort of dreaming about this, that, and the other, and fantasy football. And uh, I, 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 I couldn't sort of, other, other than Jocker, I, so I, I looked at him and I thought, yeah, you'd do for me. It's, uh, you know, I, I like Cameron Archer at, at Villa. I don't know whether he's going to get a shot there. Is he good enough for the Premier League? He's certainly too good for the Championship. You know, there's uh, some some you know some talent to be had maybe in in some Premier League uh, you know second strings really that, uh, that 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 might boost Burnley Not or relegated cost, clubs. You know, a, a, a great deal, indeed. Relegated. Indeed. I mean, Leicester City players are going to be leaving if they go down to the Championship, aren't they? I mean, there's there's some good players at Leicester still. I think yeah. you look at them. Bobby Barnes. Well, Barnes is another. He's, he's he's probably sort of lost that level of consistency he had for a good uh, good spell. But Madison would be out of Burnley's league, obviously. The Tielemans and mm. characters like that. But uh, yeah, you never know. You'd be bringing Harvey Barnes home as well, wouldn't you? He was born in Burnley. He was, but he spent yeah. about spent about half an hour in Burnley. Apparently, <laughs> still camps. He's still that. one of our own. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up between Paul him and dad, dad him and Sir Ian McKellen, who spent less time in Burnley uh, as a child. 
Because <laughs> when I was at the Burnley Express, it used to be Burnley's own Syrian McKellen. I think he moved to Wigan at about seven months old. Um, but there we go. <laughs> uh, Timothy Ware for me. Uh, Ron Greenwood. Ron Greenwood, yeah. Former England manager Ron Greenwood. Timothy yeah, Ware yeah. for me from Lille. I think if we're going to be looking at Ooh. realistic, you know, perhaps I'm not quite sure what they'd want for him, you know, 2022 mil. Um, possibly, again, you know, I think he's only what is he, 23, 24, something like that? Possibly. I don't know. That, you know, I saw kind of some weird kind of, you know, transfer site mentioning that there were a swarm of Premier League clubs interested. You know, uh, if you're looking for a winger, then maybe someone like him to add a bit of kind of star factor. Now we're massive in the US. Yeah, there's a there's a, there's a, a lad who has just chosen um, to play for the US over uh, playing for England. Who, uh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's going to be... A, they're, they're really building him up to be a big star in, in the US. He's going to go straight into the team over here for the CONCACAF Nations League finals. Um, Arsenal Arsenal player who's been on loan in France with uh, Lille, Stad I think. Rames, I think. And he's one of the top Stad, scorers. Stad the Rams. They played That's the right, turf. Yeah. They played for the under-21s at the turf last time they were... Uh... Yeah. They were they were in town and looked looked handy. You know, a big physical unit, but you can't knock his record in France, can you? Story today that AC Milan are, are interested in him, but um, I think you know we can compete with Milan in the transfer market these days, can't we? I mean, look at them <laughs> with Origi and people like that up front. So yeah, lots to look forward to. There's going to be a lot of speculation over this summer, but I think we've just built a fairly decent squad there for Burnley. Um, Thank you very much indeed, everyone, for joining us again. We'll be back again with you soon. Uh, Please tell your friends about us. Put the links up. Follow us on Twitter. And uh, all the best. And see you soon.